Hey, Kevin Draves here with The Howl for Diamond Box Bluetooth Speakers. I got to tell you, I play basketball at the gym down the road for me all the time. And sometimes I go late at night. I bring my Diamond Box. And now they're introducing three new systems. The new L2, XL2, and M2 all feature stereo sound by themselves or split stereo sound with wireless syncing of two units for a live sound experience. Loud enough for any environment. And I kid you not, you could play this at low volume and you'll hear it in any room of your house. This is the most powerful Bluetooth boombox speaker on the market today. Check them out on Twitter at Diamond Box Co. That's box with two X's, Diamond Box Co. Tonight, you folks at home and we here in the Coliseum will watch history in the making. The first game ever for the Minnesota Timberwolves. Happy 2019 from the den. It may be a new year, but you are still listening to the best in the world, The Howl. We would like to welcome you if this is your first time or if you're a regular listener to the Nothing But Net channel here on Dash Radio. Nothing But Net is a channel like no other featuring all teams and all topics from everybody's favorite sport, basketball. The Howl is brought to you by our wonderful supporting partners, Rhyme Sayers Entertainment, the pinnacle of underground hip-hop worldwide, Studio 23, where passion reigns supreme, Isabel Street Heat, adding a bit of spice into your everyday life. All audio equipment on The Howl is brought to you by Rode Microphones, studio quality with easy accessibility since 1973. All right, so now it is time. Mock Draft 5.0 is how we're going to start off this week's show. This will be my final mock for The Howl Radio, most likely, given that it is just two days away from the actual draft. Now, a lot of stuff's going to come in. You're going to have day of intel from some of the insiders that are going to change things up. But this is just based on the things that are out there right now, kind of my gut feeling for some of the teams, reports, rumors, that sort of thing. So this is, again, Mock Draft 5.0. And I will add, uh, normally I don't do trades, but in this instance, I am doing one trade. And that'll be talked about at the time of that. So, and this is, of course, the first mock draft that takes into account the big Anthony Davis trade. So it definitely is a bit of a shakeup as far as the first round is concerned. 
So here we go. Starting off with number one, obviously not much of a change, one through three, but uh, Pelicans do go Zion Williamson. Obviously, that's that's a no-brainer as far as the Pelicans are concerned. Uh, at number two, you have the Grizzlies, and the Grizzlies take Ja Morant. Again, for my money, that is a no-brainer pick. I saw a rumor. There's a guy, I'm not going to call him out. There's a gentleman on Twitter that's been throwing all these weird rumors. He's actually someone that's accredited. I mean, a guy that actually has some actual ties into the industry. But the trades he's throwing out are just very goofy. Again, take everything you see on Twitter with a grain of salt. Every rumor is just that. It's just a rumor. Or in some cases, it's not even that. It's just a guy that decided, you know what? I'm going to throw this out there and hope that it sticks. So just be aware of that. If you don't have uh, specific players or sorry, specific uh, media members, things like that that are associated with your favorite team. For example, for the Wolves. If it's not someone such as John Krasinski, Darren Wolfson, etc., if those are the guys that aren't are if those aren't the guys reporting it, then uh, sometimes you gotta take it with a grain of salt. Of course, there's the national guys. There's guys like Sam Vicini, Waj, Shams. Those are the guys that are gonna break news. It's not gonna be Joe Schmo from blah 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 radio station or you know who knows where. So make sure when you're doing Twitter or when you're on Twitter, make sure you take a look at who actually is tweeting it. And also remember this time of year, fake accounts, fake accounts. So, but anyways, my point to this was that I saw someone talking about a, a you know, potential trade or a trade idea where the, the Grizzlies would trade the two for multiple top 10 picks. They're not doing that. And it, I think it included some, maybe some future draft considerations or something as well. They're not doing that. What the Grizzlies are going to do is they are going to take John Morant. And part of that is, uh, the newest rumor that's out there that the front runners to land uh, their point guard that they currently have on the roster, and that is Mike Conley, would be the Jazz. And so you have John Morant. He's going to be the replacement. You can then move on from Mike Conley, trade away his contract, and everyone is uh, that much better. I will add, if that trade does happen, Mike Conley to the Jazz, watch out for the Jazz. Already a good team, become that much better. And I think that also opens up the way for Ricky Rubio to go to another team. We've talked in the past, it'd be kind of fun to get a reunion with the Wolves, even though that's probably unlikely. But there are some teams out there to watch for. And uh, one, actually, one team that we'll talk about later on would be the Pacers. Uh, that could make some sense for a player, for a player like Ricky Rubio. They could use a point guard. And my understanding, uh, actually, in talking with another uh, member of our radio station, nothing but net, Alex Golden, uh, he is part of the Up and Under Network. He has the show Setting the Pace, and it's a, obviously a Pacers-centric show. And he talked about how he didn't think uh, the Pacers would actually be going for a point guard as far as the draft is concerned, because they already have Aaron Holiday, they would actually look a different direction depending on the picks that they have, and they'd look to grab a veteran in free agency, so that makes a lot of sense. So anyways, we move on to pick number three. This is the Knicks' R.J. Barrett. Now, one thing that I will mention, most recently uh, they talked about, uh, this is actually from Draft Express, that the Knicks are actually bringing in Darius Garland for a last-minute workout and are considering him at three, I call complete BS. Not on the workout thing. I think they're doing that, but they're not going to take Darius Garland. Why would you do that? I'm a huge Darius Garland fan, but you're not going to take him over R.J. Barrett. That's just not going to happen. I don't I don't think that's very realistic, so don't look to have that happen. I think the top three picks are set in stone, You know, unless – you know, prime Michael Jordan appears in a time machine. Yeah, maybe you'll see some trades. You know what I'm saying? It, there's just nothing realistic that is going to upset the top three. But starting at pick number four, I think in some cases 
you could say that's where the draft truly begins is at pick number four. And at pick number four, you have the team that's looking to trade out of that spot, and that is the Pelicans who got the fourth pick from the Lakers in that Anthony Davis trade. Now, before we go any further, I want to give my insight on the Anthony Davis trade. I think that the Pelicans did an absolutely fantastic job with what they were able to get in this trade. What you think of Anthony Davis is 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 technically I would say it's it's uh it's moot because he's arguably a top 10 player. And so you're talking about what LeBron James and the Lakers organization feel they can maximize the team right now. So you're not thinking long-term when you got LeBron James. You wanted to be competitive right away. LeBron James doesn't go to your team and say, hey, I'm hoping in 15 years or I'm hoping in eight years that you're competitive. LeBron James doesn't have a ton of time left. How many years he plays, who knows? Maybe he plays four years, five years. I don't know. It's going gonna, it's gonna to depend on a lot of factors. But for now, he's with the Lakers, and he wants to win right away. And they weren't going to do that with the team they had assembled. And their goal is to pair up max free agents with him. And so now you're talking about you bring in Anthony Davis. He'll be here a year. And then, of course, he's going to resign. Why would he not? So let's say he's going to resign. Here's my big issue with the with the trade. It's not that they made the trade, Lakers or Pelicans. I think it's a fantastic trade for the Pelicans. They got absolutely max value for Anthony Davis. Now, from the Lakers side of things, I have to ask questions. And my questions start with a few things. First of all, who were you bidding against? Because if reports are true that the Celtics were not able to include Jason Tatum, they weren't going to do that. Who are you bidding against? It, because if Jason Tatum's not involved, and I know at one point there was talk about the Clippers, but it sounded like you know they weren't going to include uh, SGA, or, and they, they backed up pretty early on, I believe, is my understanding of how the process went. So who was offering as much as you were? I would argue nobody. And if that's the case, if you're going to come with that fantastic package, I think one thing you have to add to that package is you have to say to them, all right, Pelicans, here's the deal. We want to wait the 30 days for this trade to take place. And the reasoning is we want to be able to have a chance at a max free agent. Now, if you're the Pelicans, of course you balk at that. But if you're the Lakers, you say, that's the only way I'm doing this deal. I think you kind of put a line in the sand if you're going to give up this much. Now, of course, if you're the Pelicans, you probably come back and say, here's the deal. If you want to do that, if you want to do the 30 days, you have to include Kyle Kuzma instead of someone else. Or or we may amend the deal a little bit. Or or I don't know what else they could do. I, but if you're the Lakers, I think you have to hold firm because now you're talking about, great, you have LeBron James. Great, you have Anthony Davis. But if Anthony Davis, just as an example, he has a uh, a trade bonus of $4 million. If he does not waive that, waive that trade bonus, the most you can offer a free agent is $23 million. I mean, let that sink in. Now you're talking about you're, you're not going to get Kemba Walker because if the most you can offer is $23 million to Kemba Walker, I mean, think about this. He's able to get upwards of, I think it's $215 million or so from his current team, from the Hornets. Why is he going to leave that on the table and go to you? He's not going to do that. Now, granted, does he have a chance at a championship? Uh, he does, but that's so much money. We're talking almost $100 million. He's not going to leave that on the table. It just doesn't make sense. Now you move on to the other free agents, guys like Kawhi Leonard. Is Kawhi Leonard going to leave a bunch of money on the table? No. Why would he do that? Why would he leave that on the table? Jimmy Butler, why would he do that? These are players that aren't going to leave. Kyrie Irving, how are you getting these max free agents? Now, I will say... If you are able to offer some of these guys $27 million a year, that does equal the playing field slightly, 
but you still can't offer a true max. And so I think this hurts you. And if you look at how the roster is made right now, right now it's Anthony Davis, it's LeBron James, and then it's Kyle Kuzma. After that, what? You've got Isaac Bonga. I mean, there's not a whole lot to work with. You hardly have any rostered players. Now, granted, if you have LeBron and you have Anthony Davis, if you find a way to add another big-name free agent, of course you're going to get those min guys that are willing to come in and be a part of your team. That's, that's a given, I think, that that's probably going to happen. But that doesn't. But you still need to have that max free agent. You still need to have some cap room to make some moves. And unfortunately, the way this deal is currently structured, where I believe it's going to go down, they they said not on the first, but it's going to be on the the sixth of July, I believe. Which that's going to help with the Pelicans. It's not going to help out the Lakers. And I think that was a major mistake by the Lakers when they did this. And so time will tell what ends up happening. Maybe the deal gets altered a little bit because it's not official yet. Maybe the deal gets altered a little bit to change things. But as it stands right now, the Pelicans sit at that four spot. With the fourth pick, I think with the Pelicans, my understanding is the Pelicans are looking to move that pick. That's what they're looking to do. They want to move on from the pick, and they want to get a veteran. That's what that's what my understanding is. I know Draft Express tweeted out earlier today there was the idea of some sort of a swap between Pelicans and Hawks. Would the Pelicans move the four, let's say four, eight, and ten? It sounds like maybe they'd consider that, but my thing is if you don't want a guy at four, why do you want two additional rookies? I just think that I think that muddies the water a little bit. Maybe it depends on who's available. I don't know. But in my mock draft here, so mock draft 5.0, I am going a completely different direction here. I actually think what's going to happen, this is this is my prediction, and I think this makes sense for both teams. I think the Pacers are going to trade one of two players. I think they're either going to trade DeMontis Sabonis or Miles Turner. And I'm going to actually go with, in this in this scenario that we're doing here, I'm going to say that the, the trade is actually Miles Turner in the 18th pick for pick number four. So here at four, we have the Pacers picking. And for the Pacers, based on you know what I talked to, talked to Alex Golden about, he didn't feel that they were going to go point guard. And so he, he is understanding, or at least his thought was, they would look to Hunter or Culver. In this instance, I do have them taking DeAndre Hunter. The reasoning is, if you take Culver, keep in mind, if you do bring it back, if Oladipo ends up coming back strong, which I'm sure the guy will, works really hard, I don't know that Culver necessarily would make a lot of sense. You want a guy that's going to be able to be able to plug in no matter what. I think DeAndre Hunter is a very, very good pick, and it's arguably the best player available anyways. And so Pacers are able to do that. Plus, the nice thing is they move off of that Miles Turner money, uh, and they actually are going to be able to, because you're not going to be able to sign both Miles Turner and DeMontis Sabonis. And I think DeMontis Sabonis is a player they really like. Not that they dislike Miles Turner, but I think as far as what the Pelicans are willing to do, the Pelicans probably like Turner, and he fits a little better with uh, next to Zion Williamson. I think this would be a great pick or great trade for both teams. Something along these lines to watch out for. The specifics, I it's tough to say what the specifics would necessarily be. Would there be more more uh, picks involved or not picks? More players involved? Would it be a larger deal? Do does Solomon Hill come into play? There's lots of things to watch for, but I think uh, this is a trade that really makes a lot of sense. So again, Pacers at number four, pick DeAndre Hunter. At five, the Cavs are ecstatic. One of their favorite players is still available, and that is Jarrett Culver. So Jarrett Culver goes to the Cavs at number five, a nice guard that you can pair up with Colin Sexton for the future. Cavs are very pleased with this. At six, Suns are ecstatic because now you're talking about the guards are both available. They have their pick. And my understanding, at least based on what I'm hearing and the rumors, is that the Suns really want Kobe White. 
and I believe they actually didn't even bring Darius Garland in for a workout. Kobe White is the guy that they've really focused on, and that is the player they're going to take. Now, uh, my understanding, I guess, how the Suns front office kind of works, they don't necessarily rely on workouts and things of that nature. So uh, just because they didn't bring Kobe White doesn't mean that they don't like Darius Garland. Some of it is one of those things where they just kind of rely on, um, I think, the way they scouted uh, players in the past. They don't necessarily rely on workouts. So things could change, but I do hear that Kobe White is the player that they really covet here over Darius Garland. And so Suns take Kobe White at six, which opens the door, of course, for the Bulls to take the player I think is probably the best fit for them, which is Darius Garland, a player that can probably play the one and the two. Darius Garland makes a lot of sense for the Bulls. And I love this. Think about this starting lineup for a young rebuilding team. So Garland at the one, at the two, Zach Levine. You then have Otto Porter at the three. And at the four and the five, you have Lowry Markkinen and Wendell Carter Jr. That's a lot to like if you're a Bulls fan. That's a very, really solid roster. Now, if you can, now I will say this: if you're a Bulls fan, you'd probably love it if, you, in addition to the players you currently have, you also had Jordan Bell. But your uh, GM or your uh, ownership group decided to to sell him on draft night, uh, a past draft night, of course. So you wonder what they'll do. Maybe they'll uh, get some uh, players in the second round. I think there's some very good sleepers. But a lot to like from this Bulls team with that nice starting five. A good young starting five, definitely. At eight, you have the Hawks very pleased because one of their favorite players drops to them now in this scenario, which is Cam Reddish. Cam Reddish to the Hawks at number eight. Another player my understanding is that they like is Jarrett Culver. And there was a rumor. I talked about the guy on Twitter earlier that was kind of throwing stuff out there. And uh, the rumor that had been thrown out was 10 and 17 for the five pick. Yeah, 10 and 17 for the five pick. But that's been debunked. That's BS. And what is being looked at is the Hawks taking 8 and 10 and trying to move up possibly. We'll we'll see if that ends up happening. But right now we're going to stick them where they're at. And the Hawks take Cam Reddish at 8, a player they target anyways. At 9, now this is where things get a little different from some of my previous mocks. And part of it is me hoping. But I've also seen uh, some of the other um, you know, big-name guys uh, think this is possible. And kind of looking at uh, the way the Wizards work. I have the Wizards taking Nasir Little. Now they actually just had him and Kobe White in for a workout. And they had basically all the top brass for the organization there for the workout. Apparently Nasir Little really, really impressed. Now think about this. Uh, preseason, he was considered to be a top three, top five pick uh, preseason. Now, his season didn't go as planned, but let's not take away the fact that Nasir Little is a very, very good prospect. And if you're a team like the Wizards, you could do a lot worse, and that is what I I hope they end up doing so that someone else that we'll mention in a few picks slips to the Wolves. So again, at number nine, the Wizards take Nasir Little. Next up on the list, we have the Hawks at 10, and I have them taking Jackson Hayes. Now, a lot of people don't actually think that Hayes is the best center. And I guess I shouldn't say a lot of people, but there's a, a growing list that actually think Batadze, uh, Goja Batadze is the, the number one center. And and for my money, actually, I'd probably rather have a Batadze if I'm a team. But I know Jackson Hayes is high on the Hawks list, and that is who they end up taking here at number 10, which paves the way to the most important pick of the draft. And that is the Timberwolves. And the Timberwolves, the way this mock has fallen, I have them taking Sekou Dumbuya. Now, one thing to keep in mind with the Timberwolves, they are really all signs point to them making a strong, strong effort to move up for players like Darius Garland or Kobe White. So that is something to watch for. I'm not really sure how they pull that off. 
But that is uh, the rumor out there. We talked about how the New York Knicks are bringing in Garland for a last-minute workout. The Wolves are going to be there to watch that workout. They are a team that is eyeing, possibly maybe looking to move up with the Pelicans. So these are all storylines to watch for. This is going to be a fantastic uh, few days leading up to the draft. Draft day, there's going to be a ton going on. There's lots of storylines to like. I promise you, you are not going to want to miss any of the draft this year. But right now, I do have the Timberwolves taking at number 11, Sekou Dumbuya, one of my absolute favorite players for the Wolves here in the draft. At number 12, we have the Hornets. And my understanding is that the player that they covet, uh, or at least the player that I will say, their main cornerstone player, Kemba Walker, covets, and that is Rui Hashimura. And Rui Hashimura is the pick here at 12 for the Hornets. I'm telling you, if you want to be able to keep your star player, if there's someone he wants to play with, it's not the worst idea. And let's not pretend that Rui is, is a reach here. This is around the area people think he's going to go. Uh, there were reports that he had a promise to the Wolves at 11. So if, if people believed that, you have to understand that obviously it's good value at 12 for the Hornets. At number 13, you have P.J. Washington going to the Heat. This is an interesting pick. A lot of people, or sorry, a lot of fans of the Heat actually are hoping that they go after Kevin Porter Jr. is a name I've seen that's been pretty uh, pretty prevalent. One thing I'll say is Kevin Porter Jr. did not get an invite to the green room. To me, that says something about his value, at least how he's viewed in the NBA. And so I'm going to say that he's not going to be the pick here. Although if he is, I could understand that play for that upside because there's a lot of upside there with Kevin Porter Jr., but there's a lot of red flags. So here I have them going P.J. Washington at 13. At 14, you have the Celtics' first of three picks, another team that's looking to do some trades. Whether they stick at 14, uh, they also have 20 and 22, they're going to be very active. Them and the Hawks, I think a lot of things are going to change. So while I am making a mock draft with these teams selecting three players, keep in mind that's likely not going to happen. But in this mock 5.0, on Dash Radio's Nothing Minute channel, here on The Howl, Celtics take Brandon Clark. Fantastic value, I would argue, at 14. Again, as a Wolves fan, I want nothing to do with Clark. But there's a lot of things to like about Brandon Clark if you're willing to wait. Because I think, ultimately, he comes into the league as a four. I don't think that's where he really is going to be playing. I don't think he fits that well physically. And I think you're going to have to look at using him as more of a 3-4 hybrid. More so the three, just based on his size. But he's going to make up for certain issues with his athleticism, and I think the Celtics would love to get him at pick number 14. At 15, you have the Pistons. Pistons take, in my mock here, Romeo Langford. Now, one guy that I did have going here in previous mock was Nasir Little. Nasir Little makes a ton of sense, and if he slides, I guarantee, or at least I feel strongly, that he's going to be the pick here for the Pistons. But since Nasir Little did go earlier to the Wizards, we have the Pistons taking Romeo Langford. They do want to get a wing, something, someone with a little more range or a little more length. He is six foot six. Romeo Langford, if, if he can figure out shooting, and a lot of people think the only reason he didn't shoot well in college is because of his issues with his, uh, his thumb, uh, had an issue, and he played through it, and that hurt his shot. A lot of people believe he's going to be a better player than he showed in college, and here we have the Pistons taking a chance on him. Next up at 16, the Magic, and they take Nikhil Alexander-Walker, uh, the guard. And I think he makes a lot of sense for the Magic, a team that would look for a guy that can play ball, that can be a ball handler. I think Nikhil is going to play a little bit of the one and the two. And there's a lot to like from him as a two-way prospect, able to play both offense and defense effectively. At 17, you have the Hawks. Again, I'm not sure they're going to hold on to all three picks, but if they do... 
Uh, you want to mix it up a little bit. We had them taking Cam Reddish earlier, Jackson Hayes. And now how about you go for that home run swing, go for the player that has that high ceiling, and that's Kevin Porter Jr. You know, some people talk about him going in the lottery. I look at the, the green room issue, and I say to myself, obviously there's a chance he starts to slide. If you're the Hawks, though, I think he makes a lot of sense to take a shot at him. Another player I could see the Hawks maybe going after is a player that did get invited to the green room, and he was actually the last player invited to that green room. And that is none of them bowl bowl. So if the Hawks were to able to go to bowl bowl here, that would make some sense too. But again, they took Jackson Hayes earlier, and I think they want to mix it up a little bit. So again, they go Kevin Porter Jr., uh, the shooting guard with the high ceiling, obviously a little bit lower of a floor. At 18, we have the Pelicans uh, because of that trade with the Pacers. And here's what I'm going to say. At the time of the trade, I remember saying to myself, and I actually posted this on Twitter, that I thought it'd be very, very interesting to see Bull Bull go to the Pelicans. The more I thought about it, though, if this scenario were to happen, why not, if you're the Pelicans, you already got Miles Turner, but you don't know if he's long-term the answer necessarily, but why not grab uh, Goja Batadze? Because he is arguably the best center in this draft class. The guy is going to be, for my money, really really good and if it weren't for the fact that the Wolves already have Carl Anthony Towns and again that's obviously not a bad thing but if we didn't have a center of the if we didn't have our center already at 11 I would have considered uh, uh Goya, Bata, Goya Batadze because he is going to be really really good a lot of people are very high on him and so at 18 if you're the Pelicans why not take him now you're talking about a one-two punch at center of Miles Turner and Goja Batadze. On top of that, you can have Zion Williamson play some five. You've got a lot of different options if you grab him, and I love the pick here at 18, and it's fantastic value. Next up is 19, Spurs. Again, who knows if they keep both picks, but if they do, a player that makes really good sense for them at 19 is Grant Williams. Grant Williams, obviously the forward out of Tennessee. I've actually seen some people have Grant Williams go later in the draft, um, but I like his fit with the Spurs, and they want to make sure that they don't miss out on him if he's the guy they target. And so Spurs do go Grant Williams. Uh, some other players I've seen linked to them would be players like Nick Claxton. Uh, Lucas Samanic is another player. I, I know um, some people really want Nasir Little. I don't think he's going to reach, but if he did, he would make some sense as well. Popovich is going to have some options here, and I have at 19, the Spurs going with Grant Williams. At 20, the Celtics are up with pick number two, and they have a guy that they take here that had a very good workout. One thing that the Celtics do, for anyone that's not aware, when they have workouts is they do the 100-shot drill. Have you take 100 shots from the three-point line and see how successful you can be. And apparently Tyler Hero very, very much impressed in his workout. Now, the one thing I wonder is what was his issue in college? He was only a 35% three-point shooter, which that number doesn't necessarily jump off the page, but he was a fantastic, I believe it was 95% from the free throw line. So there's definitely uh, reasons to really like what he brings to the table as a shooter. And the Celtics look at that workout, and they talk about right behind them is the Thunder. I think the Thunder would probably take Tyler Hero if he's available. I know some people talk about how Hero could go earlier to a team like the Pistons or the Magic. So he has started to climb up boards, and I think it's a good value here for the Celtics at 20, taking Tyler Hero, the shooter. Next up, you have the Thunder at 21, another team that could use shooting. And based on Hero being gone and who else is available, they go Keldon Johnson. So Keldon Johnson at 21 to the Oklahoma City Thunder. 
And then you have the last of three Celtics picks. And I think they would be ecstatic if this actually happened. And again, I don't think they're going to keep all three picks. But on the off chance that they did, you could do a lot worse than grabbing Brandon Clark, Tyler Hero, and then rounding it out at 22 with Bowl Bowl. That's a guy. Think about this. You look at how their team is currently set up. Al Horford, my understanding, I believe he's, his idea is to he opt out and then hopefully re-sign with the team. We'll see if that happens, but why not get an insurance policy? Bull Bull is a very interesting prospect. He is very, very polarizing. And at a minimum, draft him and have his rights. Because at 22, you take Bull Bull, you can keep him for yourself, or I guarantee there's going to be some trade opportunities available for you. And I would argue, actually, with all of these players, so Hero, Clark, and Bull Bull, there's lots of options available for trade. So watch out on draft night. See what happens with those three picks. But as assembled, if they were to keep all three of those players, that's a solid, solid draft. And I really like what the Celtics would do at that point. Next up, you have the Jazz. I think the Jazz end up with a shooter. And I think it makes a lot of sense. They're going to arguably have one of the Johnsons, so Keldon or Cam. In this instance, Keldon's already off the board. So I have the Jazz at pick 23, taking Cam Johnson. Next up, you have the Sixers, and uh, there's been talk that uh, Matisse Thibel has a promise somewhere in the 20s is my understanding, or at least that late first round, and a lot of people do think it is the Sixers, so that is what I have them going here is Matisse Thibel. I've had him going sooner. I know some people thought maybe the Celtics were a team that might have uh, made him a promise, but in this instance, I'm going to go with him to the Sixers at pick 24. Pick 25, we have the Blazers, someone they brought in for a workout recently and a player I really like as a nice two-way prospect, especially given I've, I've watched some of his interviews and he talks up how important it is to him to be a good defender. You don't really hear that a lot. And so I think a, a player, and some people think he could guard positions one through four, actually, and that is Casey Akpala. Again, Casey Akpala, 25 to the Blazers. I really like this pick. I think it makes a lot of sense for their team and what they want to do. Next up, you have the Cavs at 26, and they take a guy that has started to rise. And I've actually seen some people think he could go in the top 20, and that is Luka Samanic, or Samanic, and uh, that is at pick 26 to the Cavs. I think that's really good value here. You got Jarrett Culver, the guard, and now you're grabbing more of a big man of sorts, uh, a forward here at pick 26, and that is, again, Luka Samanic. You can afford to take him. You're the Cavs. You're rebuilding. Why not go that route? One thing to watch for on draft night or even before, there are idea, rumors out there that possibly the Cavs look to move Kevin Love. I'm very interested to see what takes place as far as he's concerned. So another storyline at least to watch for at draft time. Next up, you have the Nets, and I have them taking Mifiandu Kabengale. Again, the Nets at 27 taking Mifiandu Kabengale, and there are only three picks left here in Mock Draft 5.0. Again, you're listening to The Howl on Dash Radio's Nothing Minute channel. Next up is at 28, the Warriors. And the Golden State Warriors, I have them taking Ty Jerome. So Ty Jerome is the pick here to the Warriors at 28. You then have, and by the way, the reason I think Ty Jerome makes a lot of sense is it gives you another guard that can play the point guard position, and it gives you a good shooter. You're talking about now they've lost Klay Thompson, and they've lost Kevin Durant likely for all of next season. They need shooters. If you watch when those two players went out, yeah, it's great that you have Steph Curry, but you talk about Draymond Green, Andre Iguodala, they are just not great shooters. I think you have really good value here with Ty Jerome, who can be a good shooter, but he can also play that point guard position because Sean Livingston, he is no longer with the team. Now, could they re-sign him? Yes, of course they could. But I just think this is a good value pick here 
at number 28, and it also fits a need or multiple needs. So 28, the Warriors go tie Jerome. Then you have the Spurs at 29. I have them taking Nick Claxton. Nick Claxton is the uh, big man prospect that has definitely started to jump up boards more recently. I think he makes a lot of sense for the Spurs. If you look at what they have on their roster, a big man would definitely be something they could use. They already grabbed Grant Williams, the forward earlier, and so switching it up a little bit, but I think this gives them some nice depth. And then it rounds out the list. We look at the Bucks. Now, the Bucks take, in this instance, at 30, Carson Edwards, uh, the point guard out of Purdue. The reason why I think this pick makes a lot of sense, and by the way, if they don't go this route, I think center is another area they'd look for. But my worry is you look at some of the other center prospects, players like uh, Bruno Fernando, I don't know that they make a lot of sense here value-wise, whereas Carson Edwards I think does. And my understanding is there's a $1 million buyout for, for George Hill, so he would be off the books, and this would be a player that could slot right in and get some minutes at that point guard spot. Plus, I think he'd be a good fit with Giannis in certain lineups, and he's a good shooter. So there's lots of reasons to like Carson Edwards at pick 30 for the Milwaukee Bucks. And that's going to do it for Mock Draft 5.0. But now we jump into the simulation portion of things as we like to do. We are going to jump into 2K19 and take a look at how the next upcoming season could go if this is exactly how the draft went. So if these teams took these exact players, what would it look like? And we'll start off, though, before we actually start simulating the actual season itself, we've actually gone through the offseason already. And so we're going to start off by taking a look at the different teams and see what they ended up doing as far as the offseason was concerned. And keep in mind, some of the big injuries uh, that took place uh, in this last season, they are not accounted for here in the 2K19. So we start off with the 76ers uh, and look at their offseason. 76ers actually signed guard Clay Thompson, which I, I don't think that ultimately is going to happen in real life. But if he was healthy, you never know. I did actually think that Clay Thompson would leave the Warriors. There were reports that he maybe had some issues behind the scenes with not being uh, having a larger role. So uh, that could have could have happened if he was healthy. And maybe maybe they go that route anyways, and the Sixers say, you know what, we're playing the long game. But ultimately, I don't think so. I think he ends up staying with the Warriors. 76ers also signed Julius Randle to a four-year deal. They signed Jeremy Lin, James Ennis, Alex Caruso, Nas Reed, Jawan Evans, Vince Edwards, uh, Sagaba Kanate, and then they rounded out with point guard Isaiah Thomas on a one-year min deal. Next, we go to the Bucks. Bucks drafted, obviously, we talked about drafting Carson Edwards. They then re-signed Malcolm Brogdon. They re-signed Nikola Mirotic. They re-signed to Brooke Lopez. They signed Theo Pinson, Frank Kaminsky, which Frank Kaminsky would be an interesting signing on the right deal just because he went to Wisconsin. And then you have Devin Robinson is the rounded out list on a one-year min deal. Next up, we have the Bulls. Uh, Bulls signed point guard Darren Collison. They signed Darius Bertans, Daryl Macon, and Bohan Bogdanovich uh, to a one-year deal. Cleveland Cavaliers, they signed Damari Carroll to a two-year contract. T.J. McConnell, Andrew Harrison, Julian Washburn, and Tyler Kavanaugh. I will say this. We've done this a few different times for the different mocks, and I've yet to see the, the Cavs make any sort of a big-name signing. They've basically, I think they're going the tank route. We'll see if ultimately that ends up working for them. Next, we have the Celtics, uh, something that I do not believe is actually going to happen. I don't think this is realistic, but in this scenario, 2K has them re-signing Kyrie Irving. 
They also re-signed Terry Rozier. I think there's a good argument that neither of those two things happens. Kyrie Irving, I think, is ultimately going to go to the Nets. And Terry Rozier had a lot of uh, interesting things to say about his team. I'm not sure they're going to look to re-sign him. They do sign Robert Woodward II. Or sorry, Robert Woodard II. They signed Tyler Eulis. Brad Wanamaker, and they do waive Robert Williams, which is kind of an interesting move there. I'm actually a fan of Robert Williams and what his future could hold. Next up, you have the Cav- or the Clippers. Clippers sign Jimmy Butler, Bobby Portis, Alex Poitrice, John Petty, Will Richardson, and Troy Williams rounds out the list. Very solid offseason for the Clippers. They would be a force to be reckoned with with this team assembled here. Next up, you have the Grizzlies. They re-sign Jonas Valanciunas. They sign Wesley Matthews. Boban Marjanovic, Shake Milton, Vanya Marinkovic, Bryce Johnson, and Tyler Dorsey. It's going to be an interesting team, if nothing else. Obviously, you have John Morant as part of that squad and what they already have in players like Jaron Jackson. But ultimately, not a great, not an amazing jumping off the page offseason. Uh, they would be a team that's still amidst that rebuild. You have the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, with uh, as as weak of an offseason as I've ever seen. They signed Cole Swider, and they also signed Eric Ayala, and they waived DeAndre Bembry. I'm very interested to take a look at what they've actually, what their roster looks like. Uh, I think that's a good option to take a look at what their roster looks like. I'm very confused as to what they did this offseason. So let's take a look. Uh, point guards, they have Trey Young, Shamori Pons and Jalen Adams. I love that. That's a great job bringing in some more young players. You're embracing that rebuild with some players that could end up panning out. I really like Shamori Pons, and we've actually done some looks at him with the Wolves as a second-round pick, and that's a name to watch for, I think, at draft time. Well, let's see. Shooting guards, you have Kevin Herter, Kent Bazemore, Kevin Porter Jr., of course, and then uh, Eric Ayala on a two-way deal. Small forwards, they have Tor- Torian Prince, Lewis King, and Cam Reddish. Power forwards, John Collins, Omari Spellman, Jackson Hayes, and Cole Swider, who is a two-way player. And then centers, Alex Len, Deonta Davis, and Miles Plumley. I got to be honest, I actually really like this team. <laughs> Aside from I don't love necessarily their options at the center position, uh, it could be worse. Alex Len's not a bad center. Deonta Davis is young, and it offers you some things. There's definitely things to like about him. And then you have the veteran, of course, in Miles Plumley. But at these other positions... You're talking about Shamori Pons, guys like Kevin Porter Jr., uh, Kevin Herter, Torian Prince. Lewis King is one of my favorite players in this draft as far as sleepers are concerned. And then you're adding Cam Reddish to that mix, Trey Young. I love, love, love what they've been able to do here. And, of course, now Jackson Hayes is a center prospect. I forgot about him. He's listed as a power forward center, so he shows up in the power forwards. But a lot to like, actually. And I actually credit this the, the Hawks. They went with, uh, for the most part, that full rebuild but they've got a team that would be fun to watch, and that would be a team if they went this route. League pass, I think you'd want to keep an eye on him, or on them, I should say. Next up, we have the Miami Heat. Uh, one thing 2K continues to do is they have Dwayne Wade re-sign with the Heat. He is retired, so that's not going to happen. But also on the list, let's see, they have point guard DeLon Wright they sign, Trey Lyles, Vince Vince Hunter, Wenyan Gabrielle, and Jerry and Grant. So very much a blah offseason for the Heat. Next, we have the Hornets. They do re-sign Kemba Walker. You also have them re-signing Jeremy Lamb. They signed Thomas Zadaransky, Abadoulaye Ndoye, and uh, Joe Chi rounds out the list. So not much going on there for their offseason. For the Jazz, they end up signing uh, Kadeem Allen, Paul Millsap, Zillin Cheatham. They actually signed Chris Middleton, Cody Martin, and Kelly Oubre Jr. 
Now, we didn't do anything with this, but one thing to watch for is the Grizzlies to make a trade and actually trade with the Jazz, uh, that, that trade for um, Mike Conley Jr. So that's one thing to watch for. We did not do that as far as this simulation is concerned. We just let the computer run all those other teams outside of us obviously picking the players uh, in my mock draft to the assigned teams. Next, we have the Kings. Uh, the Kings actually sign DeAndre Jordan, Tyreek Evans, Jacob Wiley, and Jonathan Williams. Um, I'm going to have to disagree with 2K here. I don't think any of this is happening. Uh, I think DeAndre Jordan's going to stay with the Knicks. My understanding is he likes it there. I don't see the Kings re-signing Tyreek Evans or bringing him back. Or And also, if you're Tyreek Evans, do you really want to go back to the Kings? Um, so not much there. Not much meat on that bone. Next up, you have the Knicks. Now, the Knicks signed DeMarcus Cousins. They sign Derek Favors. They re-sign Emmanuel Moulier, uh, Chike Diallo. They sign uh, Ivica Zubats, power forward uh, prospect Billy Preston. They grab Nick Ward and Alfred Payton. Uh, you know, honestly, I don't hate that offseason. Uh, some interesting picks and some interesting uh, free agency moves, but uh, it could be an interesting squad. I... It could be worse. Let's just say that. It, it could also be a lot better. I think when you're a Knicks fan, you were hoping for a lot better. But now, who knows if they're actually going to make any offers to a guy like Kevin Durant with his injury. They have some options. Because they're such a big-name franchise and they're such a big market, time will tell what ends up happening there. Uh, next up, we have the Lakers. They sign Zach Norvell Jr. They sign Devin Dotson. They re-sign Lance Stevenson for some reason. They sign Raul Alkins. They sign Luke Mamute. They sign Dwayne Dedman. They sign Wayne Ellington, Jalen Horde, uh, Devon Reed, and Elijah Weaver. So that is a bad offseason. If that's how this offseason actually goes for the Lakers, uh, they're going to be in for some trouble. I actually don't think that's what happens. I think they find a way to have a productive offseason as far as what you're going to put around the pieces they already have in place in LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Uh, next up, we have the Magic. They do re-sign Nikola Vucevic. They sign Noel Vonley. Benny Boatwright, George King, Emil Jefferson, Troy Capane, Jarrell Martin, Kem Birch, and actually they do end up waiving Emil Jefferson, so he is a free agent now. A former Timberwolf, uh, Emil Jefferson, a player I really liked, actually, his time with uh, us and more specifically our G League team. I thought he looked pretty good. Dallas Mavericks up next. They sign Christoph Porzingis, J.J. Redick, Jonathan Motley, they do sign Nerlens Noel, Jamichael Green, Alfonso McKinney, Jalen Hudson, and then they round it out with Rodney Hood. So a pretty good offseason, if you ask me. Uh, one thing 2K has is that Rodney Hood signs a one-year min deal. He was good enough in the playoffs where he's going to make more money than that, and it wouldn't shock me if the Blazers try to find a way to keep him. Next up, the Brooklyn Nets. They sign Allen Williams. They sign D'Angelo Russell. Ultimately, I don't think that happens. I do think D'Angelo Russell goes to a different team, maybe in a sign-in trade, maybe the Wolves. Um, but that's one name to watch that I don't think goes to the Nets because ultimately I do think they sign Kyrie Irving, and it doesn't make sense to have Kyrie Irving and D'Angelo Russell. This isn't a David Kahn Nets. You know, We're not doing the Ricky Rubio, Johnny Flynn deal. None of that nonsense. Uh, next up, you have uh, Ed Davis resigns. They signed Rondé Hollis-Jefferson to a multi-year deal, which I guess that could still happen, but they did just, um, they declined his option, if I recall, is what it ended up being. So he is a free, an unrestricted free agent. Uh, Nets signed Damian Lee, and they rounded out with point guard Jonathan Gibson. Next, we have the Nuggets. Uh, Nuggets signed Tobias Harris, which would be a great, if you could pick him up, that'd be awesome. I think ultimately he probably goes back to the Sixers, though. They have Daniel Tice, the center, Joey Baker, Jaron Blossom game, and uh, Svi McCulloch. 
So a pretty blah offseason for the Nuggets, but they've already got a really good squad. So they definitely have less work to do. But when you actually, now that I say that out loud, again, if you were to add to their core they already have Tobias Harris on a nice deal, I, I would love it. I think he's a very solid player. Next up, we have the Pacers. Uh, Pacers signed Ricky Rubio to a three-year deal. They also signed Ricky, Ru- or sorry, Derek Rose, uh, Ignis Brazadakis, Enos Cantor, Reggie Bullock, Willie Cauley-Stein, and they actually signed Dwight Howard. I, I actually really, really like this offseason. Other than the fact that why do you need so many centers? Enos Cantor, Cauley-Stein, and Dwight Howard, on top of the fact that you already have Sabonis. There's a reason why we traded... We had them trade Miles Turner. It's not to just fully embrace the center position, but okay, virtual GM. I guess that's the direction we're going. Next up, we have the Pelicans. They uh, obviously made that deal to acquire Miles Turner, but they also added to the list, uh, my, let's see, Fletcher McGee. They signed Dragon Bender, and Trayvon Blewett rounds out the list. Next, we have the Pistons. They signed Dedrick Lawson, Isaiah Whitehead, Lou Aldang on a one-year min deal, uh, Herbert Jones, Kalen Lucas, uh, Philippe Dos Anjos, and then Mario Hazonia. Toronto Raptors up next. Very interesting offseason for them. Are they going to be able to keep Kawhi? I guess we shall see. In this instance, uh, let's see, they do not. Danny Green, they re-sign. Uh, Joe, Joe Weiskamp, Mike Scott, Markeith Morris, Gerald Green, Noah Locke, Ben Moore, Shaq Harrison and Greg Monroe rounds out their free agency list. For the Rockets, they sign Jeff Green. They re-sign Austin Rivers. They sign Justin Anderson, Gerard Liddell, Kenneth Fareed, Joel Bolenboy, and they also signed Aaron Wiggins. The thing I will mention here is there's a lot of reports out there that there's issues uh, brewing in that locker room with the Rockets between Chris Paul and James Harden. That's a storyline to watch for this offseason. Are they going to make some moves? Are we going to move on from are they going to move on from Chris Paul? They they've got some issues in that team. And if they don't make any moves, are they just kind of stuck? It's one of those teams that seems like they're just kind of middling. Not that they're not successful, but a championship, I just don't know. You also have the uh the rumors out there about Clint Capella possibly being on the block. Time will tell what the Rockets do with their offseason. But as far as what they do here in the virtual mock, or virtual offseason. Not a whole lot going on. Next, we have the Spurs. Spurs re-sign Rudy Gay. They sign uh, Kentavious Caldwell-Pope, uh, Milos Teodosic, and Ryan Arciadakino. Arciadakino. Not a great offseason necessarily, but not a bad one. They've already got a pretty solid squad, and they're just adding to what they already have, uh, especially given I think I thought they did a pretty good job with the draft. Next up, we have the Suns. Uh, the Suns sign Simisola Shilu. They also re-sign Rashawn Holmes, and then they sign Jalen Jones. The Thunder up next, they sign Thaddeus Young, Emmanuel Bates, uh, Jordan McRae, and center Willie Reed. Next, we have the Timberwolves, uh, our team, of course. Where, uh, they re- so they signed Brandon Slater. They signed Tyler Davis. Both those guys are two-way contracts. Uh, we then did, uh, we're going to elect to keep Cameron Reynolds. We signed, re-signed Tyus Jones. We re-signed Jared Terrell and Anthony Tolliver, both to one-year min deals to round out the roster. Portland Trailblazers up next. They re-sign Al Farouk Aminu. They sign Taj Gibson. They re-sign Patrick Beverly. They sign Mindungus, Mindagas Kuzmins, Kuzminskis. They also sign Maxi Kleba. And Jake Lehman rounds out the list as a re-sign. 
Then we have the Warriors. Warriors re-sign Kevin Durant to a max deal, which credit 2K for getting that right. Uh, The Warriors have said, despite the injury, they will re-sign Kevin Durant to that full max deal. You then have Kayvon Looney. They re-signed him. They sign uh, JaVel McGee back, Jordan Bell, P.J. Dozier, Quinn Cook re-signs, Brandon Goodwin, and Ethan Happ. You know, all things considered, uh, a pretty successful offseason, if you ask me. Again, injuries are going to change how things work out. But uh, given the injuries aren't taken into effect in this one, uh, it makes a lot of sense to go that route. Next up, we have the Wizards. Uh, So the Wizards, they sign power forward Luke May. They end up signing George Hill, Kostas Antetokounmpo. Uh, They bring back Martian Gortat, Avery Bradley, Rajon Rondo, Donta Hall, Trevor Booker. Uh, They do sign Thomas Bryant. They get Chuma Okeke, and then they also round up the list with Trey Burke. Uh, Pretty good offseason for the Wizards, actually, as far as they are concerned. I think they're going to be very busy. There's been reports that they really want to move on from Bradley Beal in the right deal. I saw someone start up the rumor that it was going to be Bradley Beal, but he only gets traded if a team would take John Wall, which who's doing that? Why would you want to be in the same position that the rebuilding Wizards are already in? So it'll be an offseason of moves, and that's one team to watch for going forward. So here we go. We are going to now simulate through the season. What we'll do is we'll simulate through and we'll come back at you at the trade deadline and we'll take a look and see how the Timberwolves are doing at that point and see how some of these other teams and all these other storylines are playing out. You're listening to Dash Radio's Nothing Minute channel and we are the Howl. This is Mach 5.0 incorporating a mock offseason in a 2K simulation. All right, so right before the trade deadline and it's uh, it's not great. It's 22 and 30 is how the Wolves are sitting so far. Uh, it's not ideal. You were definitely hoping for a, uh, a better season as far as the team is concerned. There's not a lot to like with uh, what they've been able to uh, build here. Looking at, um, let's take a look at some of the standings as far as the uh, conference is concerned. So we start in the Western Conference. The Thunder actually are the best team in the West, uh, followed by the Grizzlies, the Blazers, the Rockets, Warriors, Clippers, uh, you have the Spurs, Mavericks, Jazz, and then it's Wolves. The Nuggets are just bad. The Suns there and the Kings. Lakers, by the way, one of the worst teams in the league. Wow. They are sitting 18-32. and 32. Again, I do think that their offseason is going to be a little different looking. There, there's going to be more moves, I think. And then uh, round up the list, the worst team in the West is the Pelicans. How about that? Pretty, pretty crazy, if you ask me, looking at their team. Uh, we obviously know how this uh, squad looks. Man, uh, 2K does not like what they've got going here. They are not fans of what's been built. It's uh, interesting to say the least. I guess time will tell how it ends up working out for them, but it did not work out so far in this scenario. Let's take a look at uh, some of the statistics for uh, the Wolves and see who's doing what. Uh, Wiggins is at uh, 16 points, four rebounds. Uh, th- let's see, four rebounds, two assists, and a steal a game. It's not ideal, but, I mean, it could be worse. I do think he's going to be better than the game gives him credit. Although, how about this? Andrew Wiggins on the season, 49% from three-point range. How about them apples? That's fantastic. Uh, Free throw percentage still stinks, uh, 71%. But, man, that three-point percentage, whoo! And you're getting a good production out of Towns, 17 points and uh, 10 rebounds, three assists, and one and a half blocks. How about uh, who else is on this list? Uh, players we want to kind of watch for. Uh, Sekou's not playing a ton of major minutes. Again, he's a young guy. It's going to take time for him. 
Uh, same with some of the other young pieces. Uh, you're not getting a ton of uh, minutes as far as they are concerned. By the way, another player we did grab in the second round, Jonte Porter, actually is what we grabbed with our second round pick. And, uh, he's getting some minutes and looking pretty good, actually, in the little limited minutes. How about this? He's right now averaging six and a half points, almost five rebounds, and almost three assists per game. Uh, and he's not playing a ton of minutes, so it's pretty good value there. I'm a big Jonte Porter believer. He's shooting 37% from three. He's also shooting uh, 70% from the free throw line. Not great. So pretty good effort. I mean, there's a, there's a few players on this team that look pretty good. And so that's uh, something to watch for. It's you know It hasn't gone necessarily the way we were hoping. And so that's uh, not ideal. Uh, obviously, that's not a surprise. Uh, looking at uh, the rest of the squad, I, I'm, I'm really hoping we can find a way to have a more productive second half of the season. Now, if it does go this route, you definitely wonder if maybe the team looks to move on from Jeff Teague and maybe go a, a different route. Of course, we have Tyus Jones. We don't necessarily have that third point guard. That would make things a little more interesting. But I'm going to look here. So Jeff Teague, what around the league at the trade deadline, uh, based on how things have gone for all these teams, what kind of offers are we going to get for Jeff Teague? First thing that jumps off the page, you have Jeff Teague in a first, which uh, I'm definitely not doing that. I'll just keep him. For Tristan Thompson and Tyler Kavanaugh, yuck. That's 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 real gross. You have um, the Celtics uh, offering us Terry Rozier and Aaron Baines for uh, Jeff Teague in a second. I would do that probably. I would probably do that. Uh, you have Cam Reynolds and Jeff Teague for Evan Turner in a first. Um, it's interesting, I guess. I don't know. You have the Hawks. Uh, wanting Jeff Teague back, apparently. Jeff Teague in a second for Alex Lennon and Deonta Davis. No, thank you. Miami Heat, DJ Augustine and Kelly Olynyk for Teague in a protected first. Definitely not doing that. Jeff Teague for Paul Millsap. Uh, I don't know why the Jazz are doing that. That's weird. You have um, Jeff Teague and Anthony Tolliver for DeAndre Jordan. Uh, yeah, I'm going to stay away from DeAndre Jordan's contract. I don't. They offered him a very large deal, and I think I'd rather just let Jeff Teague expire. Uh, J Brandon Knight and Ivica Zubats for Teague and Kata Bates. Again, I'm just going to let him expire. I, it's not worth my. It's not worth my time. You have Zach Norvell Jr. and Jalen Horde Lakers for Teague and Terrell. I'm definitely not doing that because if we traded Jeff Teague, we would probably need Jared Terrell to play some spot point guard minutes, and so we're not getting rid of both of them. The Magic offered us uh, Evan Fournier and Troy Capane for Teague in a first. Nope, I'll just let him expire. Allen Williams and Joe Harris. Uh, the Nets offer us those two for Teague in a first. Again, I'm going to pass. Just let him expire. Willie Cauley-Stein and Doug McDermott for Teague in a first. Uh, that's kind of interesting. I really like Willie Cauley-Stein. In, in this instance, by the way, uh, Doug McDermott's on a two-year deal. Willie Cauley-Stein would be an expiring contract. But, again, what am I going to do with three centers? I've still got Gorgie Jang, who's under contract. Uh, I just don't think it makes a lot of sense to do that. Plus, why am I going to give up a protected first? I don't want to do that. I'd rather just let him go. You have Jeff Teague and Tyus Jones. Why would I give up my only point cards uh, for Dragon Bender and Etwan Moore? Here's the deal. If I could make a trade like this without giving up Tyus Jones, I actually don't mind it. Etwan Moore is a, a very good shooter. Dragon Bender is still just 22 years of age. I was a big fan of his at draft time. So would I make a trade like that? Yeah, I probably would. I would look at that. That's a trade I would I would look at. But here's the deal. I'm not going to give up both my point guards. I also don't want to pick up another power forward. I've already got Sharich. I've got Sekou Dumbuya. I, it just doesn't make a lot of sense for me, so I'm going to pass. Uh, you then have Jeff Teague going to the Spurs for Solomon Hill and Chemezi Metu. No thanks. 
And lastly, Jeff Teague and Josh Okogie for TJ Warren and Rashawn Holmes. That might be the worst of the bunch. Those are some bad trades. So we are not going to trade anyone there. I will take a look at Gorgie Jang at the trade deadline. Now, he won't be an expiring necessarily, but he'd be a player that you would look at as an ex- – I mean, he'd be, he only has one more season uh, after this one. So that's one thing to watch for. Looking at the deals for him. So Jang in a second for Dante Exum. I would probably do that deal. Uh, Jang and Tolliver for Evan F- Turner. Nope, definitely not. Uh, Gorgie Jang for Deonta Davis. I mean, yes, I would do that trade. Uh, by the way, I will add, I think Rosas likes Gorgie Jang is my understanding. He just doesn't like him at that salary, and, and who can blame him? He's overpaid, bottom line. Uh, last deal, we have Gorgie Jang in a second for Solomon Hill. Uh, we're just going to pass on those. Let's keep our chemistry at 85%, and let's just see what the rest of the season go- uh, holds for us. Um, one thing I'll look at, as far as the actual other teams go, looking at the standings, as far as the Eastern Conference, we looked at the West. Uh, the East, so um, here's an interesting one. The number one team in the East is, no joke, the New York Knicks. So the New York Knicks, looking at their squad and what, what they kind of have here, they have Dennis Smith Jr., Alonzo uh, Trier, R.J. Barrett, Jabari Parker, DeMarcus Cousins. They have Moutier, Ivitz Zubats, Dennis Schroeder, uh, Chike Diallo, Alfred Payton, Damian Dotson, Frank Milikina, Brandon Knight, Nick Ward, Billy Preston, and Kevin Knox. So that's, it is what it is. But yeah, somehow they're the number one team in the East. So uh, sure, I, I guess anything's possible, right? Uh, probably not that, but you never know, I guess. Uh, time will tell. Uh, so here we go with the second half of the season. Hopefully it's a little more successful than it was the first half. Again, we've turned injuries off, so we don't have any injury issues. It's just been a bad season. Uh, it has not worked out. So here we are. We're about to pass the trade trade deadline. We are not going to make any offers. We're just going to keep on going. So here we go past the trade deadline. We are 23 and 31. Well, you know, the two games prior to the trade deadline, we actually won. So we've actually won four out of five games now. Let's see. Make that uh, five out of six games. So we're actually on a bit of a winning streak, which is pretty cool. It's 26 and 31 is the record. You definitely got to win some games if you're going to have any chance of making the playoffs or making a run here. We did lose to uh, uh, some close games, but we did lose to both the Celtics and the 76ers. A nice win against the Cavs. Hopefully we can keep this momentum going. A close loss to the Nets. I will say uh, a few of our losses have at least been close games. Uh, We got blown out by the Raptors. You look at uh, another blow up by the Wizards somehow. I don't like our chances here of making the playoffs. We are 28 and 36. I would say that's all she wrote. Uh, we did get a couple wins against some Western Conference teams. Uh, Grizzlies, Nuggets, we just beat the Suns. Now we're taking on a, a pretty good squad in the Clippers, who we beat. So we're going to finish the season, second half of the season is relatively strong. Unfortunately, we really struggled to start the season, and so it just wasn't enough to come back from. We're going to finish. We're not going to make it to 500, I don't think. It's going to be close. Uh, We did just blow out the Pelicans, who, as we talked about uh, a few minutes ago, they are arguably the worst team in the Western Conference right now, according to this sim. Wow, we are on a win streak, 35-38. and Of course, I talk about it. We lose to the Pacers. We then lose to the Hawks. We get blown out by the Hawks. We have our second straight win against the Bucks, which is interesting. If we win the rest of our games on the season, we would finish 500. But unfortunately, we lose to the originally. We immediately lose to the Grizzlies. Also, now we're on a losing streak, and that is all she wrote for the season. We are not going to make the playoffs, and we finish with uh, a loss to the Kings. So that's very fitting. 
A bad season ends with a bad loss. Uh, Russell Westbrook is your MVP. Zion Williamson, no shock, is your Rookie of the Year, despite being on a terrible team. John Morant, Sixth Man of the Year, as the Grizzlies choose not to move on from Mike Conley. Defensive Player of the Year is Anthony Davis with the Los Angeles Lakers. Most improved is Jaron Jackson. So Jaron Jackson is most improved. John Morant, Sixth Man. A couple nice awards for an up-and-coming Grizzlies team. And in fact, I don't think I've ever seen that. So kudos to the Grizz. Coach of the Year, Billy Donovan, 65-17 and 17 is their record. Which I will say... You have the MVP. You finish 65-17. and 17. Yeah, I could see it being a pretty good season for the coach. All-NBA, unfortunately, we do not have a Towns sighting. All-defensive, Robert Covington makes all-defensive second team. Looking at the rookies, do we have a rookie sighting for our guys? I don't think they're playing enough minutes. All-rookies, since we did just do a mock, we might as well look at who finished where. Zion is uh, all-rookie first team. John Morant. R.J. Barrett, Jacob Evans is actually considered rookie since he didn't play apparently for the Wizards or for the Warriors last season, and Keldon Johnson. All-rookie second team is Bull Bull with the Celtics, Kobe White with the Suns, DeAndre Hunter with the Pacers, Carson Edwards with the Bucks, and rounded out with Shamori Pons uh, with the Atlanta Hawks. So an interesting, uh, that's interesting how it worked out there. By the way, we missed it by four games. Uh, the eight seed ended up being the San Antonio Spurs uh, with 41 wins. So just sitting at 500. We are going to simulate now through the playoffs just to get an idea of uh, what it ended up looking like as far as the NBA playoffs are concerned. Who's the champion? Who makes a run? You have uh, Oklahoma City making a run here. Uh, they they move into the second round. They're taking on the four seed Rockets. You have the six seed Clippers taking on the Portland Trailblazers. And uh, wow, the Clippers move on to the Western Conference Finals as a six seed. Over in the East, it is the one seed Celtics versus the three seed Toronto Raptors. And it looks like we're going to have, wow, the Raptors make the championship again. Can they pull it out and can they repeat? It is not a repeat as the Thunder win the championship. Russell Westbrook is your MVP. I'm very interested to see what the two squads look like. So the Raptors did end up uh, re-signing Kawhi Leonard, by the way. So Kawhi Leonard, Pascal Siakam, Kyle Lowry, uh, Danny Green. So they basically have their same squad. They were able to pretty much bring every single player back. Uh, and then they added in a, a few nice pieces as far as role players. For the Thunder, Russell Westbrook, um, they did add, as we talked about, Derek Favors, Thad Young, Landry Schmidt. Some interesting moves, actually, that I think paid off pretty well for them. They were somehow able to get Mitchell Robinson. So apparently, in this scenario, the Knicks either traded or gave up early on Mitchell Robinson. Big mistake, if you ask me. And that's all she wrote. Thunder are your NBA champions for the 2019-2020 season. Now, that's where we're going to end uh, this episode. I think this uh, does a pretty good look at Mock Draft 5.0 and a mock offseason. Again, there's some things that we would definitely change as far as the offseason were concerned, but if you were to tell me next season the Raptors made the championship again because they kept Kawhi Leonard, makes a lot of sense. The Thunder, uh, that seems a little more unlikely to me, but the West is going to change quite a bit with the injuries, and so we will see what happens. Again, thank you for listening. If you missed any part of this show on the Nothing Minute channel, make sure you check us out on Podium iTunes, Stitcher, and anywhere else great shows are found. And until next week, let me get a howl. Introducing the Roadcaster Pro Podcast Production Studio. The Roadcaster Pro is a true world-first all-in-one console solution for podcasters of all levels. Featuring four microphone channels, Bluetooth, USB, and TRRS inputs, 
eight color-coded sound effect pads, four high-power headphone outputs, and more. The Rodecaster Pro is professional podcasting made easy. Available in stores this December. Visit www.rode.com for more information. Once again, that's www.rode.com.